I actually love working at Microsoft. And the fact that it's difficult is actually just an opportunity. It just means we have to invest the right time and resources and, and, and intention uh, to, to make it happen. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. We've all heard the saying, work on your business, not in it. But what does that really mean? What does that convey? Well, it means investing time and energy into developing strategy, learning how to implement processes, bring the best out of raising up and developing leaders, and then letting them go and do their job. But if you're not working on your business and you're working in your business, you're rolling up your sleeves, you're handling every single ticket item, you're handling every call, customer complaint, you're doing everything that gets done, and eventually you find yourself stuck in an endless cycle bearing little to no fruit. We're thrilled to dive into a conversation with our next guest as we uncover the importance of successfully shifting the mindset of being an owner and CEO from working in the business to working on the business. Oli Jurdy serves as the CEO of True North Dynamics, a leading provider of Microsoft Dynamics solutions for SMBs. We're going to dive into systems, delegation, strategic planning, and what it means to build a thriving business by taking your slaves, rolling them down, and developing the strategy and the process for building a great organization. Oli, thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you on. Our guest, just for our listening audience to know, is a seasoned veteran. He's navigated the tech seas for almost 25 years. And I'll tell you, from someone having a background of a core, at the core of their being, being an MSP to steering a fully remote business applications consulting firm, Oli is going to bring us his insight, share his experiences of how he's weathered the storms and emerged stronger in this ever-changing landscape. Oli, tell our audience a little bit about who you are, your leadership journey, and what led you to True North Dynamics. Absolutely. It's been quite adventure. And you mentioned the word success, which is interesting because, you know, I don't know that I ever feel like I'm actually successful because it's kind of a, again, it is just a lifelong journey. But so interesting enough, I'm I'm super technical by nature. I'm also super introverted by nature. So I grew up in Norway. Um, I first came to the United States for college and I started my first company in the late 90s with... Um, with uh, a friend of mine, and we were both super nerdy, technical people, no business background. We didn't know any business people. We had no clue what we we're doing. So we started with kind of software development, some IT stuff, and and we grew that for a few years very slowly because we didn't know what we were doing, made lots of mistakes, um, hired some employees, went through those pains. We brought in a third partner in the early 2000s. And so the three of us has literally been together ever since. Um, so we, we grew that IT company for about 10 years. We did a merge with another one in a city about, uh, about an hour away. Turned out to be a very bad idea. The two cultures did not match. So after about a year, we ended up walking away with nothing after 10 years of investing our life into this business. 
So then we started a new company, True IT, uh, which was more of that pure play MSP back in the, in the 2012. We grew that pretty successfully. So, but at that time, I was always the second in command. Uh, first, my first business partner was the CEO, and I was his second in command. When we brought in the, the third person, after a couple of years, he ended up taking over CEO, which switching CEOs when the other person still sticks around is is a is, is a tough process for everyone. It was it was quite intense. So we kind of continued that for for a few years. We grew it to about three million dollars. Um, then in 2018, one of our clients actually was a dynamics company. And we had this brilliant idea that we should acquire that company. Uh, a couple of issues. Number one, it was bigger than us. So it had more revenue, more employees, which is pretty much the worst idea. You should not acquire somebody bigger than yourself. And we didn't know anything about that business. Um, now we'd learned a few things over the last, you know, the 15 years before that, uh, or more than that. So we acquired that company. We tried to combine them with MSP. So MSP, Dynamics Consulting. Um, we really tried for about a couple of years and I, we probably should have gone out of business because, uh, between distractions and losing focus on your core business and all that kind of stuff, it was just a kind of a tough time. And then in 20, uh, 21, we decided to split it back out. So we, we created true North dynamics and that's when I took over as CEO. So that that's, you know, so two, two and a half years ago was the first time I took over as, you know, commander in chief, if you will, uh, so, so I've been everything from this super nerdy sitting in a corner, never talk to anyone. And then all the way to CEO, being out here, talking, going to conferences, talking like it's, if you'd asked me five years ago, I'd be like, you're nuts. That's never going to happen. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Ole, I've got to ask you this in terms of the ups and downs and merging, breaking apart, starting anew. Now you're at the helm, taking your vision and pushing it forward. We're going to dive into just what it looks like from that position when you're the one pushing out the strategy and the vision versus having a role, you know, literally like we talked about rolling up your sleeves and doing everything. But before we get into that, I've got to ask you true North, where did that name come from? Because when most of us hear the, the concept of the phrase true North, we think about this idea of getting on the right course, proceeding in the right direction. Is that what inspired the name or tell me where true North came from? I wish I could tell you it was that uh, cool. Uh, so the MSP was called True IT, T-R-U-E-I-T. And and um, so when we decided to put the company, we actually worked with a branding company to find a new name. And our guidance was, you know, like, here's what we're trying to build. Here's what we're trying to do. We just don't want any connection with, with True IT because mm. we don't, I mean, we want to separate these two things. And then we end up with True North. Uh, so now their inspiration was kind of that, which is, you know, we're here to guide and navigate and that type of stuff. But it, it was just kind of funny because it's like we did not want True in the name at all. And here we are with True in the name. <laughs> I love that. And that's important because for so many people, they may not realize that how you come across, how you're perceived, all this is so important. So kudos to you for working with a marketing firm to say, look, we want to build the right brand. We want to build the right message around what we do, what we specialize in. So talk about the partnership with Microsoft and why you went down that path and how that's worked out in the now the last two and a half years for you. So so this is interesting. So the people that knew me back in the, the late 90s and early 2000s, I used to be a super Linux geek. So I was Linux for the win, Microsoft sucks. I mean, I was one of those annoying people. And, you know, Microsoft is an interesting beast. You know, they are a challenge to work with. Um, 
swear sometimes they do it on purpose uh so they kind of test your will to see if you really want to work with them but honestly it's been it's been actually amazing uh over the last few years you know dynamics has come a long way it, it didn't used to be you know salesforce used to be the only play in, in the crm game and and dynamics uh, sales is, is is right up there at this point and um it continues to be a challenge when we split the companies, that causes some challenges because now you don't have the longevity. Now you don't have the same direct connections. And so one of the things I've been working over the last couple of years is try to rebuild that relationship with uh, with Microsoft, building new connection, meeting new people, going to conferences, meeting the, the executives, not as a C-level, but like the directors and, and VPs and that kind of stuff. Um, and that's made a big difference. Honestly, at this point, I, I actually love working at Microsoft. And the fact that it's difficult is actually just an opportunity. It just means we have to invest the right time and resources and and, and intention uh, to, to make it happen. So uh, so at this point, even though there's there's still up and downs, uh, I'm pretty excited to work with Microsoft. I think that's a, that goes for any relationship, especially when you want it to make it work <laughs> and you want to get the best out of it. You're going to have your ups and downs, your ebbs and flows. You're going to have those challenges. I, I want to dive into a little bit about why, or at least partly why I wanted to bring you on. And, and I, I hope that this is the first of many conversations that we're going to have with you, Ole. We talk about this, this shift of mindset, transitioning from an in-office company to a fully remote company. Talk about the rise of this and how that's changed because of the pandemic. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, Fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. 
With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. So, so my background, I've, I've been through what it at least feels like every transition you can imagine. Everything from being a super in, inter, you know, nerdy, quiet guy to to being more extrovert, or at least you know, faking extrovert, uh, as a lot of us have to do. Um, you know, as an MSP, we were fully in in the office. We're in Fargo, North Dakota. You know, it's a relatively small city, about two hundred fifty thousand uh, metro area, and and um, so when we acquired the Dynamics Company, they were they were actually about probably about 50-50 uh, remote and in office. So they were already sort of done this, this path. And uh, so, but that was also part of the split because the culture was so different. There must be really, you know, my other business partners really wanted to be in the office and that kind of stuff. And 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 I'm like, well, but if we're going to hire all these people, particularly when it's something as specific as consulting, hiring that many people in Fargo is, is pretty difficult. So, uh, so, so some of it was a practical thing, but when we... Um, when we split the companies, it was kind of in the middle of COVID. And so we were working from home and I was living in Fargo, North Dakota at the time. And I'm like, okay, we don't really have an office now as, as the true North company. I'm working from home anyway. I can actually move somewhere else. So I ended up moving to the Denver, Colorado area, which was great from a weather standpoint. Um, but also from a meeting people, networking and that kind of stuff. It's been really great. But but it is quite a bit different because when you're in the office, you know, there's a leadership thing, you know, you, you lead by walking around and talking to people like, well, you actually can't do that. Uh, yes, you can ping them on Teams or Zoom and you can try to talk to them. Like, it, it, it's still not the same. So so but back to one of my comments I said is that, you know, success is is a never ending adventure. We definitely haven't figured it out, but it's something that we're continually trying to do. But it's but it's working. Uh, part of it is our hiring. We got to hire people that want to work from home. Some people just need to be in an office. That's totally cool. Um, but we don't have one, so there are those people probably are not good fit for True North. Uh, but it's been an interesting change. Now it's again just trying to talk to people on Teams, not trying to create too many meetings because that has its own set of issues. Yeah, yeah. Just. That whole mix of stuff has been an interesting change, but you know, overall, I think we're we're making it work. Um, but it's interesting though. Now the conversation is starting to now that we're kind of through the COVID piece is like, how do we do more stuff in person? How do we meet each other? How do we meet up in in geographical areas? Because we have people in thirteen states now, and wow. so so it's kind of a challenge. But there is no substitute for the personal connection, being in person, meeting each other, seeing each other. And so that's kind of our 2024 is we need to do more stuff together, even though we're, we're all remote. 
So, so let me ask you this. And by the way, I, I love what you said. Success is a never ending adventure. This is when I know you're leading. You're the CEO. This is when I know you're at that position because you look at it as a challenge. But you love that challenge. It's like meeting someone who loves the water. And I'll tell you, I've been around being in Baltimore, Maryland, Annapolis, Maryland, known as the sailing capital U.S. These guys love getting out there in the water. It doesn't matter if it's choppy, if it's normal. And it, it almost seems like they embrace it. They love that. And the way that you said, look, I look at success like it's a never-ending adventure. It's not just a destination. It's about the joy of going through the ups and downs. I appreciate you sharing that. I want to dig a little deeper into what you talked about because it's true. From COVID, a lot of organizations could not go back to bringing everybody into the office. It just was challenging. And partly why they did that is because they never really let go of the reins and gave creative freedom to the employees to grow and thrive. And we know that when companies allow that environment, that culture to exist, they're more productive, more effective, more efficient. But then you got those organizations that go to the other end of the extreme. They're all remote. Forget the hybrid model. We're not going in the office. We're not doing hybrid. We're going totally nobody's coming in. And then they lose that sense of connectivity. They don't have that. And you said that one of your goals for 2024 was to be able to pull people together more, bring people together to see each other. Talk about how you're going to do that and talk about the success you've had with this hybrid model, because that is now a part of who True North is. It, it truly is. So, so I think the part that's successful is, number one, we're hiring people in, in all 50 states. Uh, we don't have people in all 50 states, but we can. Uh, and we do that partly because we we use a, a PEO for payroll so that we don't have to figure out all the states. You know, if you think about like New York, California are two particular challenging states hiring people. Uh, but we let our PEO handle all of that, uh, you know, payroll taxes, legalities, HR kind of stuff that kind of handle that for us. So it's really powerful because now we can just go find the right people, the people that fit the culture, the people that want to build the same vision that we want to build, the people that want to work from home and, and can be successful doing that. Um, so, so so it kind of affects everything you do. So 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 one of the things we, we took a look at is like, well, we can't just do the same hiring process as we used to. We need to look for people differently. We need to do more networking. We do work with some recruiters. We we do, you know, we go to a lot of conferences. We just meet people. We just network. We get a ton of hiring through referrals. Because the reality is, if, if our employees know somebody, that's awesome. Well, yeah. they're not really going to want to bring them in if they're not awesome. And so uh, that's been pretty successful. So I would say, you know, overall, you know, as long as you look at your whole hiring process, it's just different. It's not necessarily better per se. It's just a different challenge that you you got to tackle. And so, so for us, it's just looking at you know kind of the whole whole puzzle piece. Let, let me ask as a follow up because you make a point here, Ole, that the best employees often are going to come from referrals from within. And their name is on the line. If they love being at True North, they're going to want to talk to their friends who they know are rock stars. And, hey, you need to come work for the best company. So those tend to be the best employees. They tend to last longer. They stay here. They believe that this is their firm and that the success of the firm also rests on their ability to come and produce and be their very best. So I love that you've done that. And to me, that's the most important way to grow organizations. And the way that we've consulted companies around the years is, hey, you got to bring the best, but start with the best. Uh, I, I want to ask you from this perspective of working with companies that you now said, I'm going to lead this specific focus and I'm going to entrust. What have been some of the keys to successfully going from working in the business to working on the business from your perspective? 
The number one challenge, and I think every single person that does this transition runs into this. People aren't going to do it as good as you will do it. Uh, you don't. You lose control. They're not going to do it the way you want to do it. So now, well, what's going to happen if it's not the same way? It, it is a really tough transition. I, yeah, it, it's been a tough one. So I got lucky, or created luck, whatever you want to call it. So, so the company we acquired uh, uh, was called Summit Group Software, and they had an amazing set of employees. and And they started in two thousand five. So they were already, you know, over 15 years old at the time. All right. Yeah. Um, and they had a lot of seasoned employees. They had people that had been there since day one. And so so one of the people there who's now our CEO, actually, Scott, you know, he's, you know, he's on the tail end of his career. He's been through everything from state government to Microsoft to uh, health insurance businesses, big business, smaller business, you know, like he has a wide range of experience. So the number one thing everybody should do is find a mentor. Um, I didn't do it intentionally. It just happened through the acquisition. And Scott just said, this dude needs help and I'm going to help him. Uh, so so over the last six years, uh, you know, he's been instrumental to help me get where I'm today and make that transition uh, because it is hard and you just have to figure out, let go. Now, the key is you, you got to have good people, right? If you're not hiring super smart people that are, ideally smarter than yourself, it, it probably won't work as well as you want it to. So, so the key is you have to let go of that fear of, well, if I hire an amazing person, are they going to take my job? Yeah. We all think that stuff and it's okay. We all have those fears and insecurities. And, and, and even though externally I can be a very confident person, uh, like most people, you know, I have all the, the, you know, I have massive imposter syndrome and that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's been instrumental in helping me kind of get through those emotions and, and letting go. It, it took, you know, four or five years for me to make that transition. But now I'm fully into, you know what, we have an amazing set of people. Yeah. And I'm going to go and let them make magic happen. You know, set some high level direction and that kind of stuff. But it is actually really hard to get people to do it because in most organizations, you 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 aren't allowed to do it or you don't feel like you can do it. So we almost have to retrain people that come in and be like, no, when we say this, we actually mean this. Go for it and make stuff happen. You're going to make some mistakes. That's okay. Fail forward. Learn from it. Um, do it together. Learn from each other and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, so, so that transition, I think, is is very difficult, but it's it's the key. And really, it's an emotional one. So so yeah. people, some of the things like, I got to learn how to do it. Well, I mean, maybe to, to an extent, but actually the more important to me is actually the emotional change you have to make to be okay with doing those things and you kind of feel like you don't do anything anymore like you used to be you know like i used to be a developer so i was just writing code and that kind of stuff and now like day to day i don't necessarily do a lot of work but i'm always working it's just different kind of work um so it's just all of those kind of to me at least emotional kind of you know the things you have to like make in your brain uh, to me, is the hardest one. And for me, it took five to six years. For some people, I'm sure it goes much quicker. Um, but the best thing you do is have somebody can help you. And more importantly, that person cannot be a yes person. You, yes. you got somebody that's willing to tell you the truth. And when you screw up, that needed to be like, yeah, dude, that was really stupid. And, and that's really what Scott's done for me. And that's, uh, have been, you know, if it wasn't for him, I would not be here today. That would be a 100% guarantee. This is something I, I think is so important, Ole, and can't be understated. You talked about 
having voices, influencers in your space that can challenge, that can literally go, Ole, not good. Don't agree with it. Don't go down that path. And you have to be secure enough to say, I'm okay with that. And the great thing about it is because you're secure enough, you give them the latitude or the license to be able to say, hey, I can say that. And the great thing about when you develop this partnership with your CEO now, Scott, with that ability to say, look, we have this relationship now where he even understands, you know what, I'm not going to even go close to crossing that line because I respect the ability to speak my voice and it be heard. And I love that you do that. And the thing that I, I appreciate you saying is you can't have yes people around you. The thing that I think is so underappreciated in so many of our organizations is having those key voices that aren't going to say yes. They may say no. And if you're secure, your learning curve is going to shoot up. It's going to grow. But then you said something after that. You said it's about hiring great people, even those that are, quote, unquote, smarter than yourself, more talented than yourself. Why? Because you want them to have the latitude to make things happen, or is the way you said it, make magic happen. <laughs> You've got to let them have that. I love that. And the most important part of what you said, and this is just what stands out to me as a public speaking soft skills coach is this. You said it's not about teaching them the processes, the system, the culture. It's about allowing them to have that transition, what we call emotional change. They've got to emotionally get to that point where they it's infused, they understand it, they feel it, and that's what's going to help them be a part of the true North culture and family. To me, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I want to dig a little deeper, if you don't mind. When you talk about raising up or bringing these incredible, talented minds into your company, how do you learn to just delegate, or should I say, how do you keep coaching that culture of delegation? <laughs> so for me, it was Scott beating me up. Uh, because that was hard for me. You know, I, I like getting, I, I'm a problem solver by nature. I like digging in and solving problems and that kind of stuff. But the problem is if I'm not invited in to do that, I cause issues. So even something as simple as joining a meeting, even if I say nothing actually changes the meeting that I'm in. So one of the most important things I learned uh, relatively early is I need to be in less meetings because if if I'm going to allow them to feel like they're going to own this and be able to make that decision, I can't be there for a couple of reasons. One is they'll act differently and say different things or maybe not say everything they want to, but also I will tend to take charge because I'm like, well, let's, let's go. So if it's going too slow and that kind of stuff, I'll tend to then jump in and be like, let's just do this. Well, but again, that's not what I want to build. I want to build an organization of, of super smart people that can go make that happen. So, so, so for me, the coaching is almost like leading a little bit by example and allowing them to make those those uh, those mistakes and those decisions, and then coaching them at back end. If if a mistake happens or it doesn't quite fit the vision, pull them aside and have a little conversation and, and that kind of stuff. So, so even though Scott actually manages all of our leadership, um, I meet with all of them on a, on a every other week basis to just have that kind of one on one little coaching. What can I do to help? Uh, what issues are they running into? There's always, you know, some personalities that don't always, you know, mesh completely. We also have a pretty much brand new leadership team. None of them other than Scott has a ton of leadership experience. Uh, so we're having to kind of figure out how to make all of that work and and, and helping them uh, and how uh, we want things to be led. 
even if they have literature experience, is it the way we want to lead the organization? Is, is it our philosophy and that kind of stuff? So, um, so that's the current one. So one of my current missions for 2024 is to clearly define all of those things. So actually have a defined management philosophy. You know, every company has one, right? I mean, they're doing something, but is it clearly defined? Because if you're expecting somebody to do something, if you can't actually clearly articulate and, and ideally do it in, in writing, it's not really fair to expect them to, to make it. Uh, whether it's leadership, whether it's a technical person, right? If you don't, if you can't clearly define what a technician should do, hold them accountable is a little tricky because is that really fair? Like you really need to be able to teach them the right way to do it and then, uh, you know, see how it goes from there. So um, so that's been the biggest thing for me is is figuring out how I share how I want this organization to feel because, yeah. you know, so, so sometimes... Uh, which is funny because I've been actually being claimed to be dead inside in the past. Like I don't have emotion, which clearly I'm human. So I do. Um, cerebral. <laughs> yeah. But, but one of the things that is actually important to me is, is how things feel, right. You know, because yeah. you want to be an occasion, uh, a part of an organization that feels good. Now that's not enough, right. You have to be competent. You have to do great stuff. You have to do all the other things too, but you don't want to be part of an organization that just feels weird or you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That also means we're not going to be perfect fit for everyone. Um, but for, for us, it's coach up or coach out, right? You know, firing people sucks. Nobody likes to do it. But you have to give people the the training and the coaching and the mentoring and the clarity and the accountability, all that kind of stuff. At some point, obviously, it may not work. But you got to go through that process. And it's a lot of work. But but when you make a commitment to somebody to hire them, they do deserve that opportunity to truly get all of that to be successful and yeah. not just that you know, throwing them in the ocean and be like, yeah, figure out how to swim. And if not, well, we're just gonna let you drown. Yeah, that's not super cool. No, this this is uh, an important note for all of these younger leaders that are out there, let's say talented minded professionals that want to start their own organization. Think about the people you're bringing in. Think about the pieces around you. Ole made a very, very important point. You've got to have clearly defined management systems. You've got to have the right ability to say, hey, they understand what's going on. They deserve the opportunity to grow into this. They got to know how it feels to be a part of what we're building. That's important. And I think for so many people, they go into these interviews and they go, we're being recruited by Microsoft. We're being recruited by Amazon, Google. They want me to come in and be the rock star, but you have no idea what that corporate culture is like. You have no idea if you're going to thrive. We want to plant talent where they're going to thrive. And that's what you're trying to build there. And so I've got to ask this question about for you, as you're now spearheading the strategic vision of True North, and you're saying, I'm going to entrust, I'm going to allow flexibility, I'm going to allow creativity, I'm going to allow them to fail forward, how do you balance the time that you have to have to keep pushing True North, thinking 12 months, 24 months down the road, versus, let's say, looking at more of the practical challenges of the landscape, whether it's AI trends, automation trends, whether it's industry uh, challenges, how do you balance are those two sides of the coin? Uh, that is an amazing question. And I think all businesses run into this. You know, the IT industry went through this, well, still are to an extent from break fix to managed services. Uh, so the company required was a, was what we call very old school company, very old school consulting. Everything is project-based hours. You know, it, it's a grind and you have to kind of grind people to make money. And, and that's really unfortunate. And And so one of my missions is, I want to change this. I want to help be part of the 
the the change in this industry from going from this what's what's bad incentive for clients because the more work you know the more hours we put in the more money we make well that's actually the wrong incentive just like break fix it's the same actually problem and, and this industry really is struggling with this transition and and most you know dynamics consulting company are very old school they don't want to change it's like well this has worked why would we change because there's better ways to do things and so hmm. so so one of my challenges is how do we shift from that hours to dollars to more packaging and and templating more do-it-yourself kind of things so historically we did all custom projects somebody come to us they want to do some amazing things with their crm or their accounting software we can make that magic happen that's cool but a lot of businesses can't afford that you know our, our projects would start somewhere in the hundred thousand dollar range go up from there that's a lot of money for any smaller business uh, even into mid-market sometimes that could be a challenge so one of the things that that we're shifting is to be more product-based so we can help people everything from the super low cost five to ten thousand dollar implementation all the way up into millions and they want to do crazy stuff so so we can be that one-stop shop for anyone that needs a business application like a dynamics one of the dynamics applications we can support that budget and what they need yeah maybe up front it doesn't do everything they want but they can build on that over time um, so that's one of the transitions that we're making now how do you do that but you gotta know you know your numbers. Uh, yeah. So, so, so you gotta know your profitability, your gross profit, your net profit, EBIT, all that kind of stuff. So, so it starts with truly understanding your business. Where is your money going? Where what's your expenses? What's your revenue? How much leeway do you have? Do you have enough profits to invest in new things? So we we did a really great job, and by we, I really you know have to get credit to everybody else that is actually doing the work, but. We got to the point where we can then turn around and say, you know what, we're going to we're gonna make a team of people that really are just going to help build this future for us. So we made a new department uh, for product development. So one of our one of our essays, actually, uh, uh, Ross, he's uh, he's amazing, not only developer, but also a solution architect. But he really had this interest in helping building these products. So now we have actually a team of four full time people that literally are bringing in zero dollars in revenue directly. And all they're doing is helping building these products um, that that we're going to obviously go to market with here in 2024. But the only way to do that is to make money. So one of the interesting things is, you know, it's pretty much true in business. If you want to do anything or even survive, you have to make money. And more importantly, you have to make enough that you can turn around and invest that money in, in whatever you want to build. So for us, is we spend two years truly building the base knowing that you know we have to get our foundation properly in place before we can go gangbusters and doing all this new stuff so for us 2024 will be our breakout year to do something different um and of course exactly what it looks like that's that's hard to know but we're working through uh, marketing strategy and all this other kind of stuff uh working with microsoft more committed with uh, distributors like paxit ingram micro to really figure out how to go to market and help at least spearhead a change in this industry uh, because it's it's desperately needed, just like MSPs, right? Like now it's most MSPs are, doesn't do much break fix. That's a good thing. Now yeah. there's there's more transitions. Like you said, there's AI and all this kind of stuff. So for us, you know, AI for me is just one piece of the bigger strategy. So for me, AI is not a strategy. It's just a tool. It, it's something mm. people can use to do stuff. So for me is it doesn't actually change the business strategy it is another product, if you will, as part of our business strategy. So, 
So even though it is the current buzzword, it's going to be cool. It's going to do a lot of stuff for a lot of people, but it's really just a tool. So how do you maximize those tools? And more importantly, how do you make it useful for people? Because it's cool, but does most employees care about AI currently? No. Will they? At some point, they definitely will. Because, But, but that does then require making it productized, if you will, better training and that kind of stuff around it so they know how to use the tools. Because right now, it's kind of just... Here's all this cool stuff. Go do stuff with it. Well, that's not super useful. You really need to dig in and make real user training to actually help them use it. So for us, it's it's really just kind of a a product, you know, in our product suite. I like the way you say that because in a conversation I had about a month or two ago with another tech thought leader in this space, he said people are getting enamored with all these different tools and apps that are coming out there. And you get so caught up in all these different apps and all these different AI tools and tricks. And you get to a point where you get exhausted and you lose focus. And he said the key is to take a couple of them that work well for your business and then you maximize it till the point where you can't do anything else with it. Then you find another one you go after. He said, but when you get to the point when you're enamored by every little trick and tips and hey, this feed, that color, this thing, this feature, you, you, you kind of lose focus as a company and you stop moving forward. And I appreciate the way you said that. It's a tool. It, it, that's the way you got to look at it. I want to ask you, Ole, from your experience over 25 years of leading organizations, you've got gained an incredible wealth of insight. We talked about working on the business, not in the business. We talked about learning to lead from a strategic pers perspective, pushing out the vision. Are there any other tips or thoughts for how you could go from being in to working on? I mean, you talked about bringing a great talent. You talked about having mentorship. And any other thoughts you might have about helping owners who want to have that type of mindset as well? We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit HumanizeIT.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employee skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. 
They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Murky comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Yeah. So it is really hard, you know, so that's number one. It, it is really difficult. So if anybody tells you it's easy, it's like quitting smoking or losing weight, you just do it. For those of you that have kids, you probably understand this. You never actually feel ready to have kids. You can never really afford it for most people. You don't really have the time. And now you have to deal with daycare. And then there's the money. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 just, so you never really feel ready. I kind of think of this as this is one of those things. You, you have to do it. So you have to figure out how, some way to get started. But just like anything hard, the hardest thing is actually to get started. So whether it's you got to do some evenings or, or weekend works, whether it's you got to find certain things that you can delegate to somebody else. Maybe it's not even somebody you hire. Maybe it's a third party. Maybe it's a vendor. Just like when we started True North, we went to a branding company. Why? Because yes, we can do it, but we are not experts of branding. You know, just like now, we're not experts at marketing. I'm going to work with a great marketing company to help us do that. Um, and more importantly, kind of back to the, the not having yes people, when you hire other vendors, don't hire yes vendors because there's plenty of those too. You want the ones <laughs> where the meetings are a little tough, right? Like they challenge you to be like, I, it feels very raw right now because we just went through this with our marketing company and you, you're talking about all the cool things you're doing and they're like, yeah, that's not cool. Everybody does that. Nobody cares. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. But so, so making a transition, you just have to start somewhere. So don't yeah. overthink it. Don't try to take on the whole thing. Try to identify parts of your company that maybe is needed the most. You know, is the high-level vision the, the part that people uh, are lacking the most? Maybe it's core values. Maybe you don't have core values. You, that's a, you, easy is relative, but the easy place to start. But I think if you just start, it will get easier. Just like anything public speaking, I feel this now because I've done it now over the last year and I never thought I would do it and I just forced myself to do it and I almost throw up most of the time before I go do it and I just go do it and actually it typically works out. So, and then it gets easier. So, um, you know, I don't think there's an easy, uh, you know, magic answer, if you will. I think the key is you just got to identify some of those things and do it. And if you struggle doing that, go and find somebody that can help you, whether it's a peer group kind of thing like Taylor Business Group or or Paxade has their peer groups. I know there's other ones too, or uh, ConnectWise Evolve, whether it's just a mentor, and it doesn't have to be in your industry because ultimately leadership is kind of leadership. It's the same kind of concepts. And more importantly, if you ever find 
a leadership person that tells you to have all the answers and and, and that kind of stuff uh, run away because nobody has the answers because we're humans. We're all That's different. Right. That's and right. the, the soup of people that is in each organization is always unique. There's no one thing that's going to work. So read books, learn concepts, try to apply them. That's what I've done over 25 years. And I've done pretty much everything the wrong way, probably. But I learned a lot of things. And then, you know, it's it gets better and better all the time. And um, like we kind of started, you know, it's not a destination. So I'll never fully get there, but it's just keeping uh, working at it. So the key is get started. If you need help, go and find somebody. There's always people that are willing to help you. I, I'm more than happy to help people. I mean, if, if I can, because obviously I've gotten lots of help in my career. So because um, you actually asked me a question earlier that I didn't actually answer, which is what are we doing in 2024 to get people together? So so this ties in because one of the things I've realized is I've been in business for 25 years. We have never truly given back. What I mean by that is, are we out there sharing our knowledge and the things that we know? Uh, we've been part of peer groups and that kind of stuff. So obviously we've, we've done some of that to smaller groups. But one of the things that I really want to do in 2024, uh, start in 2024, is to be out there and sharing this stuff. So so we're highly encouraging our SAs and our consultants to be uh, to, to submit speaking things at all the, the conferences and that kind of stuff. Not to talk about True North, but to talk about the things that they know. Because we want to share back. There is no magic sauce in business. There's no super magic thing that you learn one day and then you're successful. It's really just execution, strategy, all that kind of stuff. So so for me is 2024 is a year of I want to start sharing this stuff and, and that's the whole company. So if we have something to share, I want to be out there sharing it. And if there's things that I can share, obviously, that's why I'm on here too, is that Maybe somebody hears the things I said and go, you know what? That kind of applies to me. That, that sort of makes sense. And maybe that's helpful. Um, hopefully. <laughs> no, it will be. And without a doubt, I have little hesitation to stay and put this out there that you've got a wealth of knowledge that people are going to want to hear. And I think not just from a product technical perspective, why are we the go-to partner for organizations wanting to understand how to have a consultative view or holistic view of their company, how to infuse dynamics into their organization. No, no, no. They need to also be able to see that there are incredible leadership strategies, leadership insight that they could gain from being around you, learning from what you're doing. I think that's what's so powerful. I love that. And thank you for what you said earlier. That there are things you've gone after. Even as a leader, you said, look, I'm still reading books. I'm still listening to podcasts. I'm still trying to figure out how to make things grow. I'm going after areas that I've not been the most comfortable in, such as public speaking. And this is partly why we're thriving or where we believe we're thriving in this space is because for most technical background experts, subject matter experts, people that just love to just dig into the minutiae details of technology, they forget, wait a second, I've got to get on stage and speak sometime. i got to get my voice out there sometime. That's why people bring us in because they know that we can help sharpen, polish their message and allow them to come across in a clear, confident manner. Now, you've shared some things today that I know our listening audience is going to love, Ole, and I appreciate that. You've talked about the importance of going from working in your business to working on your business, how to develop the right culture, how you may not be the right fit for everybody, but that if they do come in and they believe in what True North is doing, they've got to learn to change the mentality of how they look at the organization. It's an energy that's behind it. It's an emotion that's behind it. They are going to see this vision and say, I want to be a part of this because my overall contribution is going to impact the True North success 
Ole, thank you for joining us today. If you're listening today, you can find him on LinkedIn. You can find their company on YouTube. And I want you to follow their company by visiting truenorthdynamics.com. That's T-R-U-N-O-R-T-H-D-Y-N-A-M-I-C-S.com. Ole, thank you for joining us today. Please come back on. Let's talk about 2024. And maybe Dan, I come up and do a training for your entire company there in Colorado. That sounds good to me. I appreciate you having me on here. And one last comment for all leaders out there. It took me a long time to learn, learn this. Be you. Don't try to be anybody else. I try to be the one that wear, dressed up and wears you know, suit and that kind of stuff. But that's not me. I don't wear suits. So, so don't try to be another leader. More importantly, you have to lead into who you are. If you're an introvert, lead into that. It's okay. You don't need to be an extrovert to be a leader. So, so one of the most important things I learned uh, is always make sure be you. That doesn't mean you don't learn and, and change things, but you still have to be congruent with yourself and, and be who you are. So, uh, so thank you very much for having me on here. And I hope, you know, if you ever need me on LinkedIn, there's my calendar link. Feel free to schedule time. I, I, I love talking to people about this kind of stuff. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Thank you.